Hello, everybody. It's Lucas Holmes and David Redden here with a very special off-season LJ and Redders AFL podcast. And as we welcome journalist and sports broadcaster and my very dear colleague, Lucas James Holmes, to the uh, our Zoom call here. Louis, what has happened in the last 14 days in the AFL? Good evening, sir. Uh, good evening. It's not just 14 days, David. It's about 24 hours. Um, I was looking 14 uh, days behind the last couple of hours, but it's all been turned on its head with the sudden sacking of Brett, uh, Brett Ratton, David, at the St Kilda Football Club. It's been an astonishing 24 hours, to be honest with you. Okay. Lucas and I are going to talk about a lot of issues tonight, everybody. Um, the last thing we'll talk about is the trade period, which is probably <laughs> the most normal of the lot. And I will get Lucas to drill down on his own club because I think Collingwood have actually done quite well in the trade period. I think they've actually picked up some real quality. Lucas, let's go in order. Um, astonishing when I saw this news come through in the last 24 hours that Brett, Brett Ratton's gone at St Kilda. Um, an amazing Thursday. I don't know what happened at Moraba. Well, I do know. They've had an internal review and he's out the door. Now, St Kilda aren't a great football club. But wow, what a call this is! Your thoughts? It, it, it's a very, it's a very brave one, David. Is exactly what it is, and it can go one of two ways. It can, uh, it, it, I suppose, you can't get much further towards the bottom that St Kilda have been the last couple of years. Yes, they uh, won a final in 2020, David, the first time they've been in the final since 2011. But it's a very brave call. This has now happened twice to Brett Ratton after some what was at that time solid form with Carlton. Um, was he let, and he was let go. But under new CEO, Simon Lethleen, who, of course, was at the AFL for a long period of time, has been at St Kilda a couple of years. And as well, uh, Bassett, who, who, is the, who is their president there, David. So that's a huge news there for Ratton. As you said and alluded to correctly there, they had a meeting on Thursday and it's all come to a head there. But what, what was really interesting for me, David, Andrew Bassett, is the president of St Kilda was saying in their press conference today that started at about 11.30 that even he can honestly admit that uh, Brett Ratton wasn't given the best opportunity uh, to succeed as St Kilda's head coach. And for me, that stems from the playing list. And when you look at it, David, top to bottom, there's what, maybe two at best three purely elite players there. Uh, Jack Steele, Max King, and there's a couple of good players. Brad Hill's no longer the player that he was a couple of years ago, but then it drops off significantly. And one's just retired, Patrick Ryder, who was a very, very good footballer and got better as he got older. They had a list up of the, the, the St Kilda draft picks over the last 10 years. And fairly, it's an underwhelming list. There aren't really too many stars. King's, prob King's probably the best one of the lot. Yeah, but, King, Nick, Nick Caulfield, for me, Hunter Clark's been good the last couple yep, of years, but King yeah, by but, far. Uh, are these guys? Are these guys? No, no. I'm not trying to be rude. I'm, no. I'm not a big fan of St Kilda. I'm sure our dear friend Jeremy Buckley sitting back listening to this, getting the knives out. But they are an ordinary football club, and they don't. Steele's had a big career. Yep, I'll give him that. And King could be anything. But name me a St Kilda player other than Steele who gets mentioned in even any outside Brownlow contention. No one. Steele does. Yeah, and, and remembering too, Steele's not from St Kilda. He's a former Greater Western Sydney giant, David. So uh, Steele from outside the club, yeah, there's, wow. King, King's the one. 
I am actually very fired up about GWS and Gold Coast. I'm going to give some very strong opinions later on about where I'm going to with those clubs. Uh, I've got some real issues about the trade period and what it says for the long-term future of both those clubs. And I'm entitled to make a comment, particularly about GWS, because I was involved. You've had your hand up, mate. What did you want to say? Have, I, I found those uh, top 40 draft picks you're alluding to, David, that graphic. And, and from 20, 2012 to 2020, I'll just um, pick out the ones that are most interesting for me. Pick three, 2013, Jack Billings. 2013, pick 18, Luke Dunstan. Uh, 2013, pick 19, Blake Akers. 2014, pick one, of course, Paddy McCartan. Uh, 2014, pick 21, Hugh Goddard, David. Uh, pick, uh, sorry, 2015, pick 18, Drake Gresham. Uh, 20, uh, 2016, pick 25, just the part of the club, David Ben Long to Gold Coast. 2016, pick 39, Josh Battle. And here are these couple I'm alluding to a few minutes ago. 2017, pick seven, Hunter Clark. 2017, pick eight, Nick Caulfield. Uh, 2018, pick four, Max King. For me, are the ones that stand out on that list. Okay. So, yep, there's some good players there. None of whom are, it would go close to all Australian. No. Let's be, okay. Um, there, there was immediate speculation in the press, and I did spend a bit of time doing homework for tonight. Um, you've dragged me into doing homework, Lucas Holmes. You've had a bad effect on me. And um, Ross Lyon's name was mentioned. Now, he'll go to St Kilda, St Kilda over their dead and rotting corpses. He will not go there. There'll be people at St Kilda that will stop that happening. I just don't believe that. They reckon there's no coach lined up. I think that's complete and crap. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. there's... And the, 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 t the names that have been in the press, one name's Adam Uze, um, who's missed out on a couple of jobs. I do not think they would. I reckon they'll go and ask Leon Cameron, although Cameron's staying in, as said, he's staying in Sydney. Um, but there's no way if you were a, a set coach, you would go to St Kilda. Uzo might. But man, it's, a, it's an amazing decision they've made. It really is for what is a middling club and, a very, and by all regards, a very decent man. Yeah. It's. 99.5%, David, ridiculous that it, the way that uh, Ratton's been sacked, they've got no one waiting in the wings or something like that. They wouldn't do it unless something was significantly wrong there with Ratton, which it's it's an internal review. It's not like there's something with the law that he's, that, that he's done, David. So there's no way that I can see that St Kilda couldn't have someone at least They've at least had to have contacted at least a few people in order to move Ratton on so suddenly. Oh, it's an astonishing decision. It's, look, they have to get a big catch. If they go and get Uze, I just I don't understand. I don't understand the whole thing. It, it is bizarre to me. Now, if they've done a review, okay, you go and do reviews, but it, it doesn't show the signs for me that they're a stable club. And like there's been a hell to pay in Melbourne. David King is very forthright with his opinions. And I reckon I agree with David King about half the time. Half the other times, I think he's he, he, he's just not right with his thinking. He reckons that other heads should roll up. I'm beginning to think that he's right. I, I tend to agree with him on this one. Um, so, look, Brett Ratton gone at St Kilda, and God only knows what happens next at Moorabbin. Dead, dead set. I've got no idea what happens next. And just to uh, wrap it, a neat bow, or a neat, a neat as you can bow on it too, David and ladies and gentlemen, and, and remembering that uh, Ratton was signed to a two-year extension a mid-season two that was meant to keep him at the club to the end of 2024. So 
uh, they signed Ratten to an extension, which they revealed today wasn't the right move. They were just wanting to give Ratten some security going forward. That was Bassett and left lane in the uh, in the presser. But yes, was had signed a two-year extension and he's no longer the coach. That, that, that was less than three months ago, David, that happened. Yeah, amazing. Now, Essendon. Talk about a mystery wrapped up in an enigma. Um, now, I'm going to be very careful. I'm usually very forthright here. Uh, we have to be very, very careful in our opinions here. We are allowed to report what's happened um, at Essendon, but Lucas and I as employees have to be extraordinarily careful, and this is a very difficult subject to talk about. Um, so the easy thing for us to do is to talk quotes and, and go on, but... Lucas, give us a rundown, please, on what the actual facts of what happens. Not opinions, please, but facts to start off with. Yeah, so the last time you and I caught up, Dave, was a week or two post-AFL Grand Final, and the Essendon Football Club had just announced that Andrew Thob uh, Thorburn was the new CEO of the Essendon Football Club. Uh, that lasted less than a day, or just under 24 hours, and that all has to do with um, Thoburn was a chair of a, of the city on a uh, on a hill church movement, and that because of all controversial opinions and things like that, Essendon, as they rightly to do, acted swiftly, and um, and Thoburn actually resigned. But had, then the questions then arise of why why wasn't this all brought up in the interview process and things like that? But just to keep it as uh, neat as we possibly can and deliberately trying to dance around uh, some pretty awkward situations there, David. Yes, so Thorburn was a chair of a, of a ch uh, church movement and those some of those opinions and things he'd done in the past obviously doesn't align with the views, especially now with all 18 AFL clubs having AFLW programs uh, with, with current uh, views and things like that. So Th uh, Thorburn's reign as Essendon CEO lasted less than 24 hours. So quoting here from news.com.au, uh, uh, Thorburn, who's 57, he's the chairman of the City on the Hell Church, which has proved, and this is a quote, ladies and gentlemen, uh, previously, previously condemned homosexuality and held divisive views around abortion. The Premier of Victoria, ladies and gentlemen, once again, this is a quote, which we are entitled to talk about on here. Daniel Andrews said, the appointment was another reason to be disappointed with the club. And a Andrews is an Essendon member, I might add describing the church's views as of absolutely appalling hatred and bigotry. These views are absolutely appalling. I don't support these views. That kind of intolerance, that kind of hatred, bigotry, it's just wrong. To dress that up as anything other than bigotry is just obviously false. And then there have been a, quite a few people come out and defend Thorburn, the former Prime Minister John Howard, Victorian opposition leader Matthew McGuy amongst them. Lucas. When you, if you are doing something for what is one of the most important, Essendon's the third or fourth most important football club in the country of any code. All right. It really is. It's that big. Collingwood stands alone. All right. Then probably Port Adelaide's up there close. Melbourne Victory, Sydney FC, probably Melbourne Victory, and also Essendon. Don't you think that someone should have done? a little bit more diligence in the appointment factor. And that's Mr. Thorburn is a very, very accomplished businessman. And from all, all intents and purposes, seems to be a, a, a quite a brilliant, a, quite a brilliant um, um, businessman. 
Yeah, no doubt, David. There obviously had to have been more done in the in the interview process, and to further um, give you some uh, background on Thorburn too, was a former chief of the NAB uh, as well. So obviously a great business background, but there's things like that, and you're exactly right, David. There's exact there's had to have been more done in the interview process, as you said, a very high, a very powerful position in Australian sport too, and uh, they were the laughing stock Essendon at the end. Well, it's really faulted their own, but definitely um, no questions asked. There had to have been more background done because um, they've been put through the ringer the last few weeks, as in the last few months, to be honest, with oh. all things going on there. The only thing they've got right is Brad Scott, and even then Kevin Sheedy blew up about it. But in this case, Sheeds is wrong. Um, Lucas, I'm not going to go into... When you start coming on to things like, like we're doing here... Um, Views on religion have to be, we have to treat that extraordinarily carefully. Um, the whole thing is just, it's its terrible. I do support, Lucas, I will say this. Whenever we go to Sydney football and there's a pride round, um, I, I find that to be a wonderful occasion every single time I go. When you, we, we work in Australia's biggest city and I work at a very, very diverse university. So I'm used to seeing people from all walks of life. And I think that the Australian Football League has tried very hard to cater for that. But look, that's about all I want to comment on the, on the whole thing. The whole thing did not look good for Essendon. And I don't think it was a real good look for football either, given what football has tried to portray. Um, there's another code, Lucas Holmes, um, not too far down the road from us at Brookvale, uh, that we're, who might play at Brookvale Oval. They've got issues with um, yeah, this sort of thing as well at the moment, massive issues, and they've lost their coach as well this week. So it, it's an extraordinary couple of weeks in football. But yeah, look, Andrew Thorburn in and out of Eston very quickly. Lucas, before we go to the trade period, uh, I actually have some opinions to give before we go through the trades. It was an extraordinary trade period. Um, anything else you wanted to discuss at, at, um, for, for our listeners, please, before we look at trading? I will. Um, just a, a, a quick one um, from a couple of days ago, uh, and it, it's extremely significant, not just to the Code of Australian Rules, but Australian sport in general. But I'll start from the Australian Rules side of it. Uh, Chris Judd, uh, David, yep. in, this is in, in fact in the last 24 hours, was inducted into the Sport Australia Hall of Fame. So big news there, of course, Judd, a significant career across both the West Coast and Carlton, uh, two-time Brownlow medalist, six-time All-Australian, so 279 games, 228 goals, and now a member of the Sports Australian Hall of Fame for their 2022 inductees. Uh, others include, David, from this year's, uh, from this uh, round of inductees, so George Bredbrook, um, Sport Admin Paralympics, uh, Kath Cox, of course, netball, yep. uh, Brad Fittler, rugby league, David, uh, Tanya Harding, softball, uh, Cara Honeychurch, Tempin Bowling, uh, Adrian Hurley, OAM, Basketball. Judd, of course, I spoke to. Uh, for me, the, the greatest uh, female golfer Australia has ever produced, David Curry Webb, and of course, Mark Webber. So there are your 2022 uh, Sports Australia Hall of Fame inductees. Of all of those people, Judd's the most explosive athlete. He was absolutely explosive. You're too young to remember what it was like when he burst onto the scene. That's not a critique. Um, no. I actually think it's a shame, although at the time he went to Carlton, obviously I was a Carlton fan then. Um, I still think it's a shame he didn't stay in Perth because I think they could have won a couple of fags despite 
the cut the Cowboys playing up off the field. He was dynamite. He was just amazing player. Dual Brownlow medalist. Yeah, great to see. And if there were more people like him in our sporting community, we'd be very happy. Um, Louis, anything further? Uh, I think that's about it because it was a, it was a, it, it came down to the last twenty minutes the trade oh. period. They were with some very high-profile moves right on the deadline. Okay. Now I'm going to come on. I'll have the soapbox just for a minute or two, everybody. I want to express my grave concerns for the futures of GWS and Gold Coast if they stay where they are. I'll tell you why. Lucas mentioned a little while ago talking about Jack Steele being an ex-GWS Giants player. There are so many top 100 players in the AFL that are ex-Giants players. It's crazy. When we talk about Geelong's trade in a few minutes, which is quite extraordinary, the trade that deal that they've done with, with Gold Coast, it's become very apparent, if it wasn't before, that most players from Southern and Western Australia do not want to stay at Sydney Olympic Park or Carrara. Okay, it's as simple as that. They want to move on. They want to go home. They don't. They don't fancy coming to Sydney. The ones that go maybe want to live a quieter life. As an example, Tom Scully was one of those, okay, years ago. But, Lucas, I have very, very grave fears because players spend an enormous amount of time just wanting to leave the Giants and the Suns. And it, I'm not sure that they can survive if this sort of things keep going, because players continue to leave. Toby Green is an anomaly at GWS. He is an anomaly because he stayed in his career. He's had a fantastic career a couple of times on Australia. Jeremy Cameron left after so many years. But there is a list longer than Ivan Milat's record of Giants players that have moved on. And there's a similar list at Gold Coast. And remember, the, the Giants have been better on field than Gold Coast were. Or have been. I just, there is no way the end, the only way to do about it is to give them an extra salary cap. And that's not going to work because everybody else will cry foul. That's my two cents. What do you think about that? Yeah. And it's always been a difficult one, David, because much like rugby league, the majority of the competition is centered on one state, particularly, but you've also got two clubs in South Australia and two clubs in Western Australia too, which is quote unquote football heartland as well in those, two, in that, in those two states as well as Victoria. But looking at Gold Coast uh, trade period, just for a little bit here, I'll go, I'll roll through the Giants as well. Uh, Tom Berry, Ben Long came in, I spoke about Long before, left Bowers, of course, pick seven, uh, going, go, coming, going with that as well. It's a salary dump there for Gold Coast. Corbett left and of course Rankin went back home. Uh, to, South, to South Australia and their draft picks uh, this year Gold Coast, the, uh, in this draft, David, which is coming up late November, picks 5, 45, 71 and 74. And if we look at the Giants, uh, Bedford came in, uh, who left Bru Bruin, went home, of course, to Geelong as well. Hill. Uh, yeah, but what about the, the next two? And what about course, the next yeah, two? Yeah, Hopper and Taranto, uh, which are the two big ones, of course, there. So, Tarando, of course, and Hopper as well, the last couple of years, especially really their engine room in the middle. So, and of course, the Giants came, uh, came up with the, 
number one draft pick, which is not going to be the case because we all expect um, Ashcroft. Ashcroft to go there. So there's going to be a little bit of bouncing around uh, there with the, especially the top two or three picks in this year's draft. The Giants also have picks 15, 18, 19, 31, 57 and 61. So, but of, as you said there, that's, that that list of giants um, that have left and gone to other clubs, off the top of my head, Cameron, Adams, Hoskin Elliott. Trelaw. Devin Smith, Anthony Miles. Um, yeah. Dylan Scheel. Scheel, yeah. Remember, I watched all these blokes when they were in the Neufel. So yeah. I, I did the hard yards and watched them. The, most of them Most of them went. Uh, Collingwood's uh, Taylor Adams. Adams is the one well, I was missing, yeah. Okay, there's a fistful. Jonathan Patton went off on. He's no longer playing, unfortunately. Rory Lobbed off to his third club. Uh, the big fella, Cameron Cameron McCarthy. Another one oh, wanted to go back home. Yep. Went to Freo, yep. Yep. But there's just uh, Hampton, another one, another very talented player in it up at Adelaide. Um, but this is the thing. The Giants have now got the number one draft pick. And it looks like it's going to be uh, used on a guy called Aaron Cadman, who's a very key, good key forward from Greater Western Victoria. Ashcroft will go one. Brisbane's got enough picks built up. But before we go, we'll go through club by club. But I am very, very worried. I can see one of those two clubs being moved. I really can. And the Tasmanians want their own franchise. If they're fed income, they'll take one of those two. I can generally see it happening. I really can because... I, I, like, I suppose the question is this. I made a point on socials. I was uh, Jimmy Newburn and another guy called Durance were talking on Facebook, Facebook last night about the draft and the trading and so forth. And I, and I made a point of saying it's completely different in America because you're getting paid so much money that if someone says, oh, you're going to get drafted to go and play outdoors at Green Bay or Chicago and minus 15, you're getting millions of dollars as, as soon as you walk in the door, Okay. Australians are a lot different because rookie salaries are not that great. Rookie salaries are 150, 200,000, which is what this is why Port Adelaide's done so well with Horde Francis, and he's got a lot to prove, I might add. But in Australia, people, Victorians in particular, just want to get back home. West Australians, the same. Now, this is one thing I don't understand. I, I come from Wagga, which is halfway in between Sydney and Melbourne. And if someone told me I was drafted XYZ, you go. Would I be? I, admittedly, I don't come from a city that's got an AFL, but there are good points in living in Sydney, particularly if you're in the real estate market. You live a, if you like a life of solitude and peace with your football. Sydney's Sydney, Brisbane, and Gold Coast are the perfect place to do that because bloody well, no one knows who you are. And I ask you, you're a, a talented. 17-year-old playing for Warners Bay, get through the academy system, go and play lower, you know, a few games at Big Boys Footy, and you do get drafted. And you're you're from the Lake Macquarie district, and you get an opportunity, and eventually the the, the tap on the, uh, the the phone call comes in, you're off to Alberton or or Football Park. How do you take that as as of someone who's much younger than me and a much better footballer than me? Where, where do you I don't know it's hypothetical where do you come on all those Lucas one of the things we like to do on this is pick your brain yeah it's an interesting one too and before I get to that that whole salary cap debate you have there you look at the uh, the total of the NFL salary cap and you can totally understand why I don't have the fi- the rough figure off the top of my head but it's a hell of a lot more than the AFL's having there's an exact reason why for that 
there's a reason why Mitchell Crawford left Newcastle City to go overseas and try and get a punting contract. Because, you know, you, you can get 750 grand a year easily in America to kick the footy. Well, Aaron, to Sip- Aaron Sipos went over there from St. Kilda from a couple of years ago. You see so many uh, co- uh, college players over there now. There's two, Mitch, Mitch Wichnowski is the punter in the sense Francisco 49ers. is another one as well that was at Seattle. I don't quite have the name off the top of my head at the moment, but with the salary cap there, it, it's easy to see why, but to your Isaac hypothet- Pearson from Isaac Pearson from Penn and Hills Football Club, a dear friend of our, of the Chief San Zickmans at the University of Texas at the moment in Austin. Um, Lucas Borrow from Cardiff is over there as well in college. Uh, Ball State, I think it is off the top of my head, but uh, Just quietly, the, Den- the Denver Broncos part has been a bit busy this year, De- Louis, hasn't it? It has, Coleman. Um, <laughs> you're talking about a, a Corliss Waitman as well there, and you're talking about Wagga. I had the pleasure of being out there last week, David, and um, played the Wagga City Golf Club. It wasn't too bad either, despite the conditions. But uh, to your hypothetical situation there, um, if, if you're a local player here and you, and you were drafted into Adelaide, it'd be an interesting one. And, and the players we've spoken about in the past, David, that have succeeded um, away from away from their home state of those that have come from Victoria and gone to quieter situations. You spoke about Green there. He's the perfect example. But, but you see it now these days, David, too. The younger players, they're well media trained. They, they do so much research in, and with pre-draft interviews and things like that to where they could potentially go, maybe into the history of the club, What's their coaching staff like? You can see maybe, particularly with the Indigenous players, they're, so, they're such family orientated. You can understand why they would potentially want to go back to play close to family. That's maybe the only, that's the only other reason that for players that aren't of that it, culture. Yeah, the, can, the Indigenous players are in a different... Oh, the Indigenous players are in a completely different... Yeah. Uh, category uh, of this. Um, I've just done a lot of Indigenous training at work and 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 it is different in the Indigenous culture. I'm not being rude. I'm no, actually being... Actually, is, I, yeah. I would never do that. Um, not Certainly not deliberately. Um, Louis, I, uh, I think it's an interesting conversation to have. Jason McCartney's been um, interviewed uh, in the last week, the list manager there at the Giants. And we talk about bows, but having the, that they paid extras for bows. This is what they've got to do. They've got to pay extras, and they end up going. And um, like Toronto and Hopper, what a what a period for Richmond. God Almighty, haven't they done well? Look, well, and, uh, and, oh, we'll get to Richmond later, but just quickly, and considering that Cochin's nearing the uh, end of his career, Prestia's had ample ham- soft tissue injuries. That, that Gold Coast player, Dion Prestia, yeah. Gold Coast player. They've, they've, Richmond have identified a weakness, attacked it, and got what they're after. So for them, a very good trade period. But we'll get to club by club, maybe. But your your easy. previous your previous president said he always said he would target GWS and Collingwood had, and they've done very well, very well. The only Sydney recruit that I can think of that didn't work so well at 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 Collingwood was actually Jesse White, who had a big eighteen months at Sydney and went to Collingwood, and unfortunately for him, never really produced that sort of a form. He had a, a blinding 12-month, 18-month period and they paid overs for him. Okay, Adelaide, let's go through them one by one. In comes Isaac Rankin and some draft picks. Out goes Billy Frampton, interestingly, to Collingwood. Lucas, Adelaide's been given a C for that. I'm, I've got the ESPN article out of everybody, which I, I use a lot, but they've been given a C here. Uh, Rankin wanted to go, another Gold Coast player. He's off to Adelaide. 
and Collingwood got Frampton. Um, Adelaide very quiet in the trade period. I think C's a pretty accurate reflection there. Yeah, and the, and they've got some uh, young talent coming through. They've had a number of high end draft uh, picks the last couple of years. David Lockie Shoal, uh, Ben Keys, who I've been raving on for a, for a long period of time, and you've also got Ficker, uh, Fish and Mackesy there as well. That could be a could potentially fill in that gap that Frampton uh, that Frampton uh, played when he was there. David, he played forward back in a bit in the ruck as well. Mackesy's more of a key defender. So you might see him there. Matt Crouch stayed around as well. Um, there was potential of him being moved. Um, but of course, uh, Adelaide fairly quite in the end. Rankin's a big one. Gives them some spark in their forward half. Adelaide are years away. Sorry, they are years away. They won't make the eight. There you go. The, the other Adelaide side have done okay, but they won't make the eight. Brisbane, they've given, given an A+. Plus. Why wouldn't you listen to this? They've got Josh Dunkley... Jack Gunston picked 35, 36, 38, 55, 56 and other selections from Geelong and the Western Bulldogs. And to do that, they've given up Dan McStay, Tom Berry and draft picks. Um, superb. They got what they wanted, Brisbane. It's, it's, a, it's a win now attitude. Dunkley in the middle of his career, Gunston towards the end. They've done superbly well at the Wool and Gabba, Louis. Yeah. And, and, and they're going to get the number one draft pick. Yeah, And what's been the big... Um, what's been the big issue with Brisbane the last couple of years, David? They've been so close, but they're def- defensively, especially with their midfielders, um, they haven't been up to caper there with pressure around the football. Josh Dunkley gives them exactly that. Uh, a defensive-minded uh, midfielder just came off the back of winning the Western Bulldogs best and fairest, David. And what did they give? Uh, and they only gave up a, a future third, a third, a future third, and he, uh, sorry, a future third. Yeah, and a future third as well. Two future thirds there for uh, for Brisbane to give up. Uh, for Josh Dunkley, that's big. Um, I also quite like the addition there of Jack Gunston, a, a quite a mobile key forward. David, we've spoken about. I've spoken about that in the past. Danaher can sit in the forward fifty. They can isolate Charlie Cameron as well, one on one out of the goal square. That's what Sorry, they've done in the Joe, past Joe as well. Danner, Joe Danaher's been overrated his entire career. Okay, he's been. I know the name is royalty, but he's not a patch, not a patch on all four of his, uh, three of his uncles and his father. Yeah, he's he also been, got. He's been disappointed. Sorry, I'll, yeah. we're being very honest and direct tonight. He's been a disappointment for me, given his size. He should be. He should be the starting ruckman. That's how. That's how big he is. Yeah, you've also got Eric Hipwood forward of the football there as well, but Gunston just gives them a bit more big game experience as well. Very established, of course, was part of that dynasty there uh, with Hawthorne and uh, right into the sunset of his career. Uh, should link up with Chris Fagan, uh, depending on how all that plays out. But yeah, another Haw- yeah. another Hawthorne, ex-Hawthorne player going to Brisbane, David Gunston, for me, was quite an underrated pickup. And we'll, uh, for my underrated pickup, we'll have to write right towards the end of this for me. Oh, yeah, there's one at Fremantle. It's pretty handy, just quietly. Uh, one at West Coast as well. There's one oh, that's got my eye. yes, help me. Carlton have got Blake Akers and some draft selections. They've lost Liam Jones, who missed anyway due, due to COVID, uh, his COVID vaccination stance, and that's not an opinion, that's fact. Will Setterfield's gone as well. Uh, Carlton, a quiet draft period. They've got Blake Akers. Um, we won't draw too much on Carlton. Their draft picks will be 10, 29, 49, and 66. But they've got Blake Akers in for the club, a good outside midfielder. Um, and I think Carlton will be okay with where they're at. They haven't had a big failure, and they've got a good footballer in there in Acres. 
Yeah, this is one of the ones that uh, was going to come right off the bat. David talked there right away of Acres coming from Fremantle. That's exactly what's happened. Uh, only giving up Carlton a future third, and they've they've got an embarrassment of riches. Of riches have Carlton, David. They just really need to string it together. Just missing out on the finals. Of course, Patrick Kirk's coming off a brown load. They've got some talent all around the ground, David, but just need to shore up a few things and they'll be uh, right around the eight uh, next season, you would think. Okay. We often talk about Collingwood here with Lucas being such a big, strong Collingwood man as he is. I think the ESPN ranking for Cup Collingwood is criminally understated. They've given Collingwood a B plus. I think they get at least, at least an A minus and possibly an A. Income, top Brownlow medalist, just quietly, Tom Mitchell, Billy Frampton, Daniel McStay, Bobby Hill, and draft picks 25 and 27. They've lost Ollie Henry and Brody Grundy, admittedly. They've got draft picks 16, 25, 27, and 51. Lucas, I'm not even going to give an opinion here. As a Collingwood person, are you happy with this trade period? Uh, it'd be a soft yes for me, David. I'll, I'll address the elephant in the room straight away. Grundy, Grundy hurts. Uh, don't get me wrong there, but the contract's a large portion of that. What was it? $7 million for, se- uh, for seven years. It was close to a million dollars a year. That's right. So it's, it's purely a business now. Yes, he's a great person. One of the more humble uh, players right out there is Brody Grundy. Don't get me wrong, but it, it's more a salary thing. Um, yes, y- yes, you're paying uh, Melbourne to take some of that, but you're also getting Tom Mitchell in there where Hawthorne are, are contributing a large portion of that as well. Um, so that sort of balances off. Henry wanted to go home. Yes, he's a young player, establishing establishing himself, kicked four goals in that big win over Fremantle earlier in the year. That one hurts a little bit, but he wants to go home, and that's exactly what they've done. And and fair and, and all fair enough to and fair enough to him. He's going to be a very good player either way. Grundy, they only got picked twenty seven back, but as I spoke about there, that balances out with the um, salary right. sacrifice. Um, Mitchell's the same. McStay is the interesting one. That was, of course, one that yes. was going to come very early. Can play back, can play forward as well. I think you'll you'll see him play forward more than back. They need to give Meyer check a little bit of a rest. He's been superb. He's won their leading goal kick of the last four seasons in a row. As Brody Meyer check, they need that key forward to give him some, some support. Hill's an interesting one, David. A live a live wire small forward. Looking forward to this one. Gives them some pressure forward of the football, which. Uh, Jack Ginevan, yes, he's a small forward, doesn't give them, give them that much um, in terms of the pressure going forward. That one's Bo McQuarrie. Be interesting to see if they play him, give him some more midfield time uh, going forward, David, into season 2023. And Billy Frampton's a utility for me. I spoke about him. Um, repl- he's really the replacement uh, for Jordan Rutherford, who unfortunately had to retire. David Frampton can play back. He can play forward. He can play in the ruck as well. So Frampton might be a bit on the fringe what people might know that don't follow Collingwood to the extent as some people do. Charlie Dean, who was in last year's draft, David missed all the um, all the season with injury. He they were the one. He was the one that really was coming after roughhead spot. So to be Charlie Dean, uh, who they hoped would be the key defender, and of course if that means how and more can go back to their third player over the top uh, marking abilities. I still think it's a win for Collingwood. I think they've done quite well, given what uh, the Grundy salary thing is extraordinary. I never thought that would happen. I'll tell you what, when we talk about Melbourne, holy cow. I think it's been a good trade period for them. Essendon have got Will Setterfield, Carlton, Sam Wedham in Melbourne. 
some mid-range draft picks and a fourth-round selection at 23 from Sydney. And out goes Aaron Francis. Their draft picks, 422, 54, 62, 62 at 72. They've got a B. One's been too much time in Eastern. They've got another problems as it is. But they've picked up Setterfield and Woodham and they've done okay. Um, yeah. And I think I think they've been okay. Yeah, Setterfield, a, a taller uh, sort of midfielder as well. Wiedemann, and really starved of chances there at Melbourne behind Ben Brown, behind Tom McDonald as well. So Wiedemann gets a bit more exposure, which will be after rather shrewd. Sydney and shrewd. Who, who, who said that before? You wouldn't know uh, getting Aaron Francis, who could uh, could be quite a decent pickup for them at Sydney, uh, as sort of a, a marking defender as well. So it's interesting when we go to Sydney, who had a quiet, a quiet um, trade period themselves. But Francis is a good get. And the draft picks, of course, 4, 22, 54, 62, 68 and 72. But uh, Essendon, uh, an interesting one there, but Setterfield, as I said, taller midfielder, Wiedemann, a key forward. Not a, ba- not a bad thing for them. We'll see how they get on. And here we go. The Fremantle Dockers, again, they've been given a B plus, and I reckon that's because of what they've lost. So here's what comes into Fremantle, and the second person I'm going to talk about happened in the last half an hour of the trade period. Luke Jackson, Jago O'Meara, Josh Corbett, and then a slew of draft picks. Fistful of North Melbourne's because there's been quite a few players go to North Melbourne from Fremantle. Uh, picks from Gold Coast, Carlton, Hawthorne. They've built themselves up with draft picks. And I wouldn't be surprised to see them go for a couple of players like Jasper Fletcher and, and Will Ashcroft and so forth and get re- returns. But they've rebuilt their club. Out go Lloyd Meek, Rory Lobb, Blake Akers, Griffin Logue, Darcy Tucker. Meek to Hawthorne, Lobb to the Western Bulldogs. Akers to Carlton. No, not Carlton. Yep. It was Carlton. Yep. Logan Tucker to North Melbourne. But picking up Jackson, if you don't mind, at his age, and trust quietly, O'Meara is not finished as a footballer. I think they've done very well. Yeah, uh, Jackson's the one that'll get all the headlines. But O'Meara is huge. Look at that Hawthorne, though. Sam Mitchell's put his imprint on. Mitchell goes. uh, Gunston goes. And so, too, does O'Meara. There's a huge, uh, huge experience there. And O'Meara, another former Gold Coast player as well. So... Amira goes, it was a future fourth. And of course, the big one with Jackson, uh, fistful of draft picks goes the other way. But uh, what's that? Uh, Sean, Sean Darcy and Luke Jackson. We're talking, we're going to, be, going to be talking about ruck duos later on with Melbourne, David, but that's another big one for them. Over to Geelong, who've got an A-plus on here and no wonder. They're income, Jack Bowers, Tanner Brune, Ollie Henry and pick seven. They lose Cooper Stevens and some mid-range draft picks and second, third, and fourth round selections next year. Holy cow, have they done well here? Just a superb performance. And some people are saying it's not fair. No, it's not as if it's not fair. This is good management. Yeah, Andrew Mackey, their list manager, has to be applauded. David, of course, a former Geelong champion himself, has to be applauded. And for me, they don't really have any big weaknesses, um, Geelong, when looking at the draft. And it was like Tampa Bay in the NFL, David, a few years ago after coming up the Super Bowl victory. They were drafting to depth because they had all bases covered. And for me, Geelong will do exactly the same here. Bowers haven't really seen much of him. Uh, Bruins the same. He was always one that was looking to get uh, come back home, David. And, of course, Henry uh, going, what, an hour and 15 minutes down the freeway because uh, he was homesick. But that's each to their own on that one. But, but, but Bowers will be an interesting one. Henry, we've seen glimpses of and, Bru- and Bruin as well from GWFs. And Cooper Stevens is the only one who's left. He's gone to Hawthorne in that, uh, th- in that three-team trade with Collingwood as well. So uh, for me, uh, it's a very big one there. 
a big win for Geelong. We'll see what they do from the draft. They really don't have any weaknesses. And speaking of draft, David, as you said there, pick seven, pick 58 and pick 64 for the Cats. The Gold Coast have got Pillory to left, right and centre. Out go Isaac Rankin, Jack Bowles, Josh Corbett, picks 7, 25, 32, 36 and 56. They get Ben, ben Long and Tom Berry in and pick five and some other selections. They've got, they've got some depth selections there, to be fair. But they were paying Jack Bowles 750. He's gone. Um, Rankin, that, they've just lost too many good footballers. And this is why I'm worried about them. I really am. They've been there 11 years or 12 years, but they are a worry to me. Yeah, that Bowers uh, contract was heavily back-ended over the last two years. You, you were speaking about there, uh, quite close to three-quarters of a million dollars, if not a bit more. Uh, Long's not a bad addition, David. From St Kilda gives them some experience and some run and carry off halfback. Tom Berry will give them a bit more on the inside to go along with Tuke Miller, but he needs more help than that. But Bowers is a big one. Corbett, an interesting one. And of course, Rankin was the huge one, David, departing Gold Coast. And we saw glimpses of them this year, David. But of course, they'll get Ben King back, who who, who missed the, all of the 2022 season with an ACL. My GWS have picked up Toby Bedford and an absolute monster of draft picks. 115, 18, 19, 31, 57. Um, but out go Taranto, Hopper, Brune and Hill and a stack of other draft picks. Um, look, I've said enough about GWS. Uh, Toronto and Hopper, that just hurts. It just hurts. Top-level players, long-term Giants players, and they're both on their way to Richmond. Um, I'm afraid this is the, this is what happens at GWS. They've picked up Bedford, a, a good small forward, but really they're after Aaron Cadman, and they'll probably get him at one because Ashcroft will go father son. Um, it's a sign of the time. So the, the E plus is accurate. It's just the way it is. Yeah. Uh, Jerry received a, a, a second round pick, which is currently 31 and a future first. That, and a future first. That's for Hopper as well. And that, and that's Reno deal. I'm just trying to find there as well. But some big draft picks coming going the way of the Giants. But of course, getting Bedford in, a lively small forward, of course. Another one that's seeking more opportunity. But those two big, inside midfielders, David. That's just a big loss. Both at the same time, too. It's really going to disrupt them going in the middle, which they've had struggles with the last couple of years. Yes, Canelio's finding form, um, but they've really had issues in the ruck, haven't they, since Mumford retired. Proust has, has been really a letdown. Injury, suspension, you name it, it's happened to him the last couple of years as well. Yep. Hawthorne um, have lost. Jack Gunson, Tom Mitchell, Jago O'Meara. They have picked up Pal Amon, Lloyd Meek, Cooper Stevens. They've just got younger. It's as simple as that. They've got a lot younger. They've picked up a top shelf, well, sorry, a good ruckman to replace big boy McAvoy and Lloyd Meek. It's a C for Hawthorne. Um, and this is the way Hawthorne's gone over the last 10 years. They've got rid of a lot of veteran players who could really play and were part of their, their great era. But I'll tell you what, the, the pressure's going to be on, excuse me, Sam Mitchell next year. There really is. But they haven't done too bad. They've certainly got some numbers in. And I think that makes the most important of the ones coming in. Yes, yeah, speaking of great eras, David, the only one remaining from that 2015 Premiership side is Luke Bruce. Um, that shows how much experience they've lost in this, in this, in this trade period alone. Gunston, Mitchell and O'Meara. But Amon, again, was one of the ones earmarked to go straight away. He was the first domino that fell in the trade period. Me, an up-and-coming uh, ruck there, starting to establish himself from Freo and Stevens. Another young player 
trying to establish himself, he comes up from Geelong. So we'll see how that goes. They have picks 6, 24, 41, 48, 52, sorry, 50, 52 and 65. So a few picks there in clumps so they can target specific uh, positions and prototypes if they like. But as you said there, Mitchell, maybe not so much next year, but uh, 2024, we might see if they're not performing, the uh, pressure comes down on one of Hawthorne's favourite sons. Now, I find this hard to believe that Melbourne have been given a D plus. The, no. the article here is saying that Brodie Grundy coming in affects them structurally and that it'll push Max Gorn to playing as a for key forward. That's complete and utter bollocks. Max Gorn will not be playing the majority of the season as a key forward. Melbourne get Lockie Hunter, Brodie Grundy, Josh Shackey, and quite a few uh, draft picks, including one for Jaden Hunt. They lose Luke Jackson. That's the big one. That, that is a big loss. Sam Wiedemann, Jaden Hunt, Toby Bedford. Um, and quite a few other draft picks. Look, Jackson's the big one. Grundy is a very, still a very good player. Remember, we've been speaking about them as being a possible Brownlow medalist in the last three or four years, as long as you and I have been talking about these sort of things. I don't think Melbourne's done too bad. Yeah, I don't think it's too, I don't think it's too bad either, David, especially when, as I spoke about there before, Collingwood contri- contributing uh, some some money towards that Brody grundy trade. Of course, I spoke about his... Uh, New contract the last cut the the last few minutes as well, but the one that's really gone out under the radar for me, David, and I have to, I suppose it's not just me, it's everybody else, is the trade there of Lockie Hunter. Um, that came, of course Hunter spent a bit of time away from the game, bouncing some personal issues and things like that during the season. And it's only cost Melbourne a third a future third round selection uh, there for Hunter, a uh, Shacky as well, a key forward. This is his third club from Brisbane to the Western Bulldogs. Now to Melbourne, that's a future fourth. Melbourne had to pay for him as well. So um, a few, a, some established players now going to Melbourne. And you, we're speaking about that right, right combo, David. The, 2012 was the last time that they've had two All-Australian rucks in the one side. And that was Dean Cox and Nick Natanui. And we go all the way back to Simon Madden and Salmon as well from Essendon for the, for the next one as well. So... Two elite rucks there. Of course, Grundy spent the majority of the season with an injury he picked up on Anzac Day, but we've seen him when he's in full flight. He's been superb. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you there, David. If if Max Gorn were to spend the majority of the year forward of the football, he would have to have been doing a lot of set-shot goal-kicking uh, during the off-season, David, because that's not one of his strong points. But we have also seen Grundy go forward and kick goals in the past as well. He's a very good kick, Grundy. He's a good player. Yeah. North Melbourne have got rid of the 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 white elephant in the room, Jason Paul and Francis. I think they'll be happy to be done and dusted. Griffin Logan, Dalek, Darcy Tucker come from over from Frio. They've picked up picks two and three. And there's this article here saying that there's they've got draft targets at two and three. Now I think everybody in Australia is pretty much aware that Will Ashcroft will go at one. Um, and it'll be very interesting to see who North Melbourne choose. But they've certainly they've started the rebuild. Of course, they've got all sorts of issues off the field with um, uh, with uh, Alistair Clarkson still in situ at the moment with the with the dreadful Hawthorne uh, situation. But they've certainly got some players. Griffin Logues and Luck and Tucker, they can both play. And uh, Grogel, Logue will really be important for them. Um, you hope that, look, they're, they're going to finish in the bottom four for the next couple of years anyway. Until if Clarkson gets hold, certainly they'll defend better. But an, an okay draft period for North Melbourne. You never know who North Melbourne rate, rate in draft, David. They're the ones who uh, pick Horn Francis ahead of Nick Dacos. But 
uh, there's enough said there. They rated Horn Francis more because he played more senior football is the way they went with that, of, of there. But that's each to their own there. I, but I, look, I think look. everybody in Australia realises, other than those at Arden Street, that that is a monumentally silly decision. Dacos is a generational talent. He could actually be a better footballer than his father. And of course, I'm a bit too young to see that. But if he's if he's half I'm the player, not, he's, I'm, he, I'm, I'm I know not, you're not. <laughs> I'm not. And I mean, I, I grew up watching this bloke carve Carlton up and whoever else he was, and just a ridiculous talent. And he also would have been a great footballer with his Macedonian background. But um, yeah, well, look, we'll just see how North Melbourne go. And I, I, I think everybody would love to see North Melbourne becoming somewhat relevant and somewhat competitive. But let's just hope they get everything sorted out off the yeah. field. Um, and as I said, Logan Tucker's a good start. Yeah, Logan's a good one. Um, finish off the year strongly at Fremantle, even though they uh, dove away a little bit. But Logan's a big one. Tucker, a little bit as well. And their draft picks, 2, 3, 40, 43, 59 and 70. We'll see uh, how how they go along if they're trying to get back into the draft a little bit or some more established talent down the line. But uh, Horn Francis going back home after his, after his only year at North Melbourne, back to South Australia to Port Adelaide, who we'll speak about uh, next. That wasn't deliberate at all, but um, we'll see how they go. Port Adelaide's got an A and they should. Um, Horn Francis has gone. Junior Rioli, which I still do not understand why he's left West Coast. I'm sorry. I, I reckon he owed him. Carl Amon's gone. There's been some draft pick changes around. They've only got picks 33 and 60. But in getting Horn Francis and Rioli, they've got two pretty handy footballers. Um but with Horn Francis has now got a lot to prove now that he's back home, Lucas James. He sure does. And I'll just speak about Rioli whilst I've got it in front of me. Uh, a first a first round pick, which is currently pick eight, which we'll expect those to be jumbled around as we've spoken about Ashcroft quite often already. And in a future second and a future third, uh, West Coast received for Rioli, which is exactly what they need. They're going to rebuild through the draft because they've really bottomed out have West Coast. We'll see how they go going forward. But back to Port Adelaide more significantly. Amon went and get Horn Francis in, which is big for them, still on his rookie deal. So they have some funds to play with there. And he said that Rioli, um, which we spoke about before going home, closer to family, played Sandful. I think it was either Glenelg or Sturt, um, where Rioli played Sandful at David. So, of course, coming back closer to family. But when it comes to all the Asada stuff and trying to repay the faith, which uh, Jordan Degoe has done with Collingwood. This is a significant one for me. Rioli, we've seen him when he's been on form. He's a good player, David, but only played um, the back end of or mo- the most part of the 2022 season. And and it's one for me that I can't quite understand um, from a West Coast point of view and from a junior Rioli point of view, to be brutally honest with you. Neither do I. And he's, uh, for, he's a Tiwi Islander, but his former club in Adelaide was uh, Glenelg. Good call. Yep. Richmond, this we do not need to spend much time in Richmond. They get an A plus. They've got Taranto and Hopper and a couple of other draft picks. They lose to get the listen to this, everyone. They've got Taranto Hopper picks 53 and 63. And then they've given up 12, 19, 31 in their first round selection in 2023. Remarkable. That is an astonishing haul. And A plus for Richmond. Louis, we don't need to spend too much time on that. That's just brilliant work by Richmond. Very, very shrewd, very well done. And just to tie it all up nicely, um, Ruck Ivan Solder was heavily rumoured to go the other way if a play were to go to GWS, but he hasn't. Uh, Richmond have held on to Ivan Soldo too. So 
that's big for that's big for them, and they get some uh, significantly experienced players to go with one of the better players in last year's draft for me, one that I've keeping my eye on, and Josh Gibkiss across halfback for Richmond. So some talent there, and then uh, I wouldn't say they really need to replenish the talent we spoke about before. Cochin last year or two of his career, you would think. Um, Prestia, significant issues with when it comes to soft tissue injuries as well. So they've replenished when they've needed to. Yes, it's come at a cost, but they're established plays. You don't have to wait that two, three or four years for them to mature and then to go from young, um, from boys to young men. St Kilda have spoken about a lot tonight. They've got Zane Cordian, a reasonable footballer. They missed their target. They missed Jordan Ngoi. This club's in a lot of hurt. They've lost Ben Long. They picked up Zane Cordy, who, as I said, is a solid player, not going to be spectacular. They failed. It's as simple as this because they didn't get to go. They had to go and do something. They didn't. Um, they get a C plus, and I think that's generous. Yeah, and who was the driving force on that Jordan Degoe deal, David? Brett, Brett Ratton. Brett Ratton. So if, yeah, so. So if, so if Degoe went and Ratton's not there what, a week or two later, that would have been significant for them. Cordy's a solid one, key defender. Western Bulldogs, as you said, not going to be flashy, but not many key defenders are. Uh, Long's an interesting one. He goes to Gold Coast. Uh, we established there for a while. They leave some experience, but then again, Secured have got some up-and-coming players, David, but they haven't really been able to uh, string it together. Hunter Clark, Nick Caulfield. Clark was actually on the trade block for a bit there. Didn't end up getting done. So Clark remains. Caulfield's bounced around a bit with injuries and some form, but he's come good the last half of the season. So Secured have some players there. They just really need to uh, uh, get right in the middle. Rowan Marshall, he had some injury concerns the last couple of years. He'll have to do a large portion of the heavy lifting with Ryder retiring so then how does that impact their forward line when uh, Marshall's rested down there that's yet to be seen but secured with some work to do oh 100 I think that's an understatement now Sydney have been one of the most shrewd recruiters of other players from other clubs in the history of the AFL they've got Aaron Francis from Essendon they've had to give up only draft picks they've got picks 14 17 42 and 75 quiet draft period for Sydney they've done well uh, they made the grand final. They'll be there and thereabouts. They've got a very good nucleus of players, very strong ethics in that club. And as much as I love to see the Giants beat them, they are a very good. They they represent New South Wales particularly well, and of course their fans at South Melbourne. But well done, Sydney. Quiet period for them. Pick up Aaron Francis. So good yeah. result. And is Tom Harley's done a superb job when he's um, when he's come up from, of course, a premiership captain in Geelong in the late two thousands, but very shrewd. That's probably my my second favourite pick in terms of shrewdness, which isn't a word, but Francis is right up there, uh, a marking halfback. Um, so that'll be interesting to, to how they go with uh, Paddy and Tom McCartan down there as well. So they've got some significant depth. They've also got some exploding young talent there. We spoke about Pat Lee and his extension uh, last time we caught up. David Heaney had the best year of his career. So too did Callum Mills. So some uh, talent there and it's young talent as well. Yes, you've got Franklin. You've got some more experienced players too, but as I've spoken about really for a large portion of the time, it's that 22, 23 to 27 age bracket that makes up the majority of your list. Errol Goulden as well. Goulden as well, yeah. West Coast have got in Jaden Hunt and importantly, picks eight and 12. Yeah, yeah, Louis, I'm impressed with that too. They've lost Junior Rioli and picks two and 40. Not a bad pickup from West Coast. As Louis, Louis said earlier, I won't spend too long on this because Lucas has spoken about West Coast. They're rebuilding. They picked up Jaden Hunt, good player. Um, 
And I think they've done okay, West Coast. I don't think they'll make the eight, but let's just hope that they have a much better year. Yeah, Hunts the one for me, David. Outstanding work there um, from West Coast. Yes, he's a fringe player uh, at Melbourne, but if you're a fringe player at Melbourne, you're easily starting 22 player at any other club around the league for the best part. Hunt gives them some explosion, some run and carry, some ball use of half back and as well. So that's really big for me. Hunt, yes, really left. But if he didn't want to be if he didn't want to be all the way there mentally for, for him potentially, um, that's only gonna potentially help West Coast out in, in the long run. They've had some rough injuries there in their in their key forwards. Of course, Josh Kennedy retires. That's gonna be big for them. We'll see how they go moving forward, West Coast. But Again, normally a very strong cultured club. Adam Simpson could be one of the coaches on the hot seat coming into 2023, David. So we'll see what they can do. The St Kilda coach is going to be in the hot seat just quietly. And the Western Bulldogs, listen to who goes out first of all. Josh Dunkley, Lockie Hunter, Josh Shackey, Zane Cordy, and some picks. They get in Liam Jones and Rory Lobb. They've been given a C plus. I think that's accurate. I'm sure that there's some salary dumping in there. Dunkley forced their hand. He just wanted to go to Brisbane. Um, Look, Lob, I've told you this before, Lob's never quite realised his potential. Jones is an interesting selection. Older player now, has been out for a while. Um, not sure if I'd be real ha- happy if I was a fan at the Witten Oval. I reckon that's average at best. Yeah, uh, Jones played some quaffle, um, David, last season before, he, before, before returning to the AFL scene. In fact, it is Jones going back to the club that originally drafted him a number of years ago now. So Jones back home, as it were. Lob's an interesting one. When you and I caught up last time, I was quoting the uh, Fremantle, I think, list manager there and Peter Bell, or it might have been that it was one of their higher higher up people and said there was no way that Rory Lob was traded and that he was staying at Fremantle. <laughs> that, that at the time seemed like it was an accurate call from them, but it's ridiculous Lob went. Uh, to the Western Bulldogs, as you said, they're one yet to really realise his potential. Showed it in flashes, but hasn't been all that significant. Uh, Shaki for the Western Bulldogs hasn't been one that's played a great deal. Uh, no. Josh Bruce has played forward for them as well, even though he's been out with an ACL the last couple of years. So Shaki's really one for depth. Hunter, one, Hunter was that one that really went under the radar, had some personal issues that he, that he dealt with throughout 2022, but it's Cordy as well, a role player, key defenders, they're like that. But all light shot here on Josh Dunkley, won their best and fairest going away, David. And uh, it's, a, it's an interesting one for me. Oh. Really good friends with Adam Trelaw as well. So that breaks up their bromance. But um, but Dunkley going to the Bulldogs gives them some edge and it leaves a little bit of a hole there for the Western Bulldogs. Oh, when I mean a little, it's a, big, it's, a, it's a big hole. But oh, It is. The Lions have done well. Lucas, that's the first time that you and I have had a podcast that's lasted an hour. There's been so much to talk about. I hope everybody's not uh, too, uh, that I haven't jibbered too much and you've listened more to Lucas, of course, as always. Lucas, thank you so much for your time. We'll catch up again soon. Draft not too far away. And there's so much happening in AFL. We'll catch up again shortly, yeah? Yeah, draft 28, 29 November uh, for, for those wondering. So looking forward to that as well. But plenty of water yet to go under the bridge and we'll get to see some... Um, I know there's already been a couple of players going under the knife with some uh, shoulder reconstructions and things like that, getting ready for uh, pre-season when that returns sort of November into December and, of course, after Christmas. So looking forward to that, David. Thank you, Lucas. Thank you so much for your time. We'll catch up again soon. On behalf of Lucas Holmes, my name's David Redden. It's been our absolute privilege bringing you our, our podcast. So much to talk about. and It's never dull in the AFL. From Louis and me, it's goodbye for now.